0: Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. What's blooming my friends? Rochelle here from Freckled Bloom and I am doing my update on weeks 41 and 42. As I mentioned in my last update, I feel like we are in the seventh leg of summer. It has been off and on raining but then super warm. I am at the point where I gotta start getting stuff done because my tulip bulbs, all my fall planting bulbs are gonna be here soon. I usually time my shipping day after the first week in November because we've got Halloween, my daughter's birthday, and quite honestly I don't get to planting anything before at least the first to second week of November. In addition, it's too hot and for the last three years it has progressively got warmer and warmer and our summer has stretched well into November actually. So when I put in my zip code it looks like November 1st will be our first frost and looking at the forecast uh, the temps are still remaining great and the flowers are looking spectacular. So I'm not in a big hurry to plan any bulbs because honestly it's too warm to do it. I have been getting some shipments in and I've been storing them in my flower cooler actually to keep them cool and be ready to go. But one recommendation Be looking at all the sales racks at your local name it whatever store because I have found some of the specialty DAFs that we see a pretty penny for at the various websites wherever you go are on sale at said big box store. So definitely grab some last night as I was taking Natalie out for dinner. Quite honestly, tulips cost a lot of money a lot of money, especially when you are pulling those damn flowers up with their bulb and tossing those bulbs into the trash. Do I want to spend a fortune on those tulips? No, I do not. I'm sorry because here's the deal. I don't have the customer base that gives a crap about if it's a specialty tulip or not. At the point of tulip season, they just want beautiful flowers. I do try to mix up all my flowers. I'm always interested in single, Doubles, the parrot variety, the fringed variety. It doesn't matter if it's a tulip or a dahlia. I'm always interested in the different textures because, as a farmer florist, I want that mixture. And I just had a customer here this weekend who drove in to specifically tell me that she absolutely loved that about my flowers. And we talked specifically about the dahlias, how I incorporate not just the ball dahlia, but the cactus dahlia I don't really know if that's what it's called but I like to mix in the different textures because it balances out an arrangement so with the tulips I had that same feedback from my freckled bloom flower club last year When I did my Mother's Day tea, they loved that I had the different varieties, not necessarily the different colors, but the different textures of tulips that made up my arrangements. I wait. I know that's crazy and everybody says you're supposed to be buying tulips when you are essentially harvesting them, which I do do some ordering. But I also wait for them to go on discount because the single varieties, offer bulk to my arrangement and when they go on discount I swoop them up and I'm always looking at the big box stores for when they go on sale so yeah I'll have some of the special varieties like the fringed tulips that that's when I'm ordering when I'm harvesting them but I'm not going broke over tulips especially last last season I don't know about you all but i experienced a lot of tulip fire in my crop and it sounded like that was a consistent theme. We had a super super wet spring to late winter and those tulip bulbs were just mushy when I was pulling them up. I just hated tulips at the end of the spring season because I would pull up that tulip bulb and it would be mushy. I'd have to sit there and try to take off all the mush so I could store the tulip with its bulb on in my cooler and I stored over 2,000 Ulippes just for Mother's Day and that doesn't include the tulips I used for the kickoff of my CSA and I'm double downing because my goal this year is to hit Mother's Day hard and the tulips really at that time of year around Mother's Day are a huge bulk to my arrangement can I bring in some specialty ranunculus and some other flowers to really flare up those Mother's Day arrangements yes but those tulips really bulk up the arrangement I don't strip most of the leaves off actually because they offer that green to a bouquet and the bulkiness to a bouquet you know folks they don't want to get an arrangement of five flowers in it and be like what I paid this for this even if you think it's super special they don't (laughs) sorry they're not running in the circles that a flower farmers are they're not looking at all the other flower farmer accounts they're looking at your account and what their kind of expectation of flowers are and really that's what's at the grocery store and what they're receiving from a local florist and they want to feel like they got the value for their money and so I've just learned over the years that I gotta bulk up an arrangement with those less expensive flowers but then really use those focal flowers as the icing on the cake. Yes I gotta get ready for planting but I'm not in a big rush and I'm not stressing out about it because it's still super hot here. Like I mentioned earlier my flower field is just pumping out the blooms especially the dahlias they're absolutely beautiful and they just keep pushing out blooms it's incredible I am gonna try to collect some seed although I am a little skeptical because we've had this on and off rain to sunshine to rain to sunshine and I don't know if those seeds will actually be viable because they may rot since we've had such fluctuation in the weather and patterns but I don't know I'll give it a try. I'm not going to be an expert in dahlia seeds but this year is just been all about it doesn't hurt to try it and I've saved a lot of seeds and I've been really intentional like I've mentioned in many of my updates about looking at mother nature looking at what she does to propagate and make other flowers thrive in nature and really watching that process and trying to mirror it as much as possible my cover crops are looking fantastic and beautiful And I'm really excited to see how they will improve my soil health The second succession of Cosmos is looking so great They've just been such a beautiful addition to my flower arrangements The amaranth that I direct seeded in July has just been an amazing filler for me They're not super tall They're the perfect size to use in bouquets And I've been feeling the witch vibes as I've been saying the Halloween vibes and really liking the purples and the oranges and the burgundies together and they've been a huge hit at my roadside stand and I got another order for the dried flower pumpkins so unfortunately I thought I was done with them but I decided I'd do a couple more in addition to that special order but I've also found that everybody's selling pumpkins right now so I'm not killing myself if I don't continue to sell them and when they sell out I am done but on the days beautiful I've been trying to do as much as I can I finally broke down and cut the remaining peony foliage I was using it in my arrangements but decided it was getting to look a little sad so I went through all of my peonies and cut down their foliage and then I got my number one tool working aka the lawnmower chopped up all those leaves and back into the bed they went been just trying to clean up as much as I can and staying on deadheading just so I still have the flowers pumping out blooms because as long as they're here I am going to sell them as the opportunity to generate revenue is here just gotta pull up my big girl panties I may be tired but you know what I gotta sell these blooms we gotta buy flower seeds for next year and all the things so in addition to not only tackling some of the fall chores that I need to complete harvesting the flowers and selling the flowers I'm also trying to get my act together on marketing my season three of my CSA putting together opportunities to generate some revenue in the winter months and just take advantage of the holidays my customers have been asking me for a lot of different things and trying to figure out number one how do I create these things and number two where do I go get them printed etc developed and then actually execute on that holy goodness gracious not only do you have to be creative and figure out how am I going to sell myself uh, if I'm gonna put merch together where do I go to do that where do I go to design it that's number one question. Number two, where do I go to print it or have it made? Anyways, it is a lot of work to create a new product, to not only go through that creation process, but just the idea process of coming to said idea and then actually executing on it. It's a lot of work in a time in which you're trying to do it all. Like I said, all the farm chores, daily farm chores, the harvesting, the selling, all of it on top of that and you're trying to share your story and get new customers and keep your existing customers. It's a lot. I'm slowly getting there and I know once I kind of cross the finish line on one thing I'll have that experience to pull me forward in the seasons to come but it's exhausting. But the holidays are fastly approaching so if I'm gonna do something to sell for the holidays. I need to get my act together. Also, this is just a word of encouragement. I've seen so many fall bulb sales to the point where I've questioned, is the market saturated? Are people really purchasing said fall bulbs? And maybe think about how you do things differently. So another example is, I live in the Christmas tree capital of the world here in Estacada my husband and I grow Christmas trees at a wholesale level and we will be ramping up our harvest here very shortly but Christmas wreaths I know it's super popular in the flower farming world but the thing is here in Estacada they are a dime a dozen and everybody and their sisters are doing wreath making or you could literally go down to the corner of the interstate and pick up a wreath from a guy selling him out of the back of his van for $10 or less. So there is no value at all for me in doing Christmas trees. Not to mention we have Christmas tree harvest which is insane and I'm not adding that to my plate. But it's me thinking like what do I do during the holiday season that's unique and different from the insane amount of competition around me to still bring in some income to help support my farm. So I'm just going to throw that out there as there's probably a lot of people trying to do the same thing or similar thing. My challenge to you is going to be Try to think of something different and try it. Try to see if it's something that could be successful and that folks might be interested in. I just know that there's a lot of pressure to do all the things. My advice is to just tread lightly. Try a thing and see if it works or if it doesn't work. But don't feel like you have to go out and buy the wreath-making table, all the things, which is a huge investment if you're not gonna be able to sell it at the price you need or your community is not going to be interested in it because everybody and their sister sells Christmas wreaths. Just my experience that I'm sharing. I'm also looking at a lot of questions I've received. Thank you, my listeners, for sending your questions in. But there's been a lot of questions about heirloom mums. So, what I can tell you from my experience, and I am no expert, when I first get my plugs, I pinch them as soon as I get them and try to create not one cutting but multiple cuttings. And so naturally I'm pinching the plant from the very beginning. And and I plant them out into my field did I get on top of creating the structures I wanted out there to make sure they stayed up straight nope it fell to the bottom of the list because I wanted to create some metal cages and I just never got to it. That is on the top list of priorities for me next year. So last year I left them in the ground. I did a heavy mulch on all of my beds and my mom bed I did have a couple varieties come back and but I had a lot of them die and not come back. You're supposed just a- to... Dig up the mother plant, and especially you should look at all of the advice for the zone that you're in. But I thought I would give it a shot because as I mentioned in previous episodes, I did order based on the pictures, unfortunately, not based on the bloom time. For my sales model, I found that if I can have the earlier bloomers, I'm gonna use them more than say the late bloomers. Because when I get my first frost, no nobody's wanting a pure bunch of chrysanthemums they want mixed bouquets from me so the I often didn't even see those later varieties bloom because I wasn't out there hooping and protecting them to be honest I was over the season and on to the next thing like composting all my beds and planting tulips and specialty daffs I didn't get to enjoy them but it was a good lesson learned kind of going back to this season yes I should definitely created the cages I will next year I've already had several of my early bloomers bloom they're gorgeous and beautiful I have seen that most of the early blooming varieties tend to be in the lighter tones I know there is that push to use more fall like colors but I also found that The pinks and the peaches and the creams also still mix really well with the burgundies and those more fall, rusty, burnt colors. So it's all about experimenting, folks. It's all about playing with the flowers. Try mixing up the different varieties and color palettes, and you'll be surprised to see what you fall in love with, and your customers will as well. Today is Boss's Day, and I delivered two arrangements and as I was dropping them off the lady who ordered them she was just like so surprised there was this peach dark mustard burnt rust color like arrangement that I put together and I threw some burgundy in it and she was in awe of everything I put in that arrangement and I was just out there experimenting my focal was that dark mustardy color heirloom chrysanthemum and I just started pulling different flowers into that color palette and it all came together so beautifully don't discount those blushes yet or those creams because they might be just a perfect bridge to the other flowers like my favorite dahlia peaches and cream She's so beautiful. She was in that arrangement. I had the cream chrysanthemum in there. I was using my burgundy amaranth, my roseanne brown, lizzie anthus, and so much more. Also hydrangea. I was incorporating that and I got feedback from one of my customers this weekend. They're really having a fun time of saving the dried flowers that I'm putting in my flower arrangements. I have kind of set this expectation with my customers about super long vase life and dahlias don't have a great vase life. Have I found that the small mini ball dahlias have a better vase life? Yes and so I just try to educate my customers about the dahlias but I'm also incorporating things in there that are going to last past the dahlias like the mums, the straw flower, the amaranth, the hydrangea, and all things that will dry in the vase and so folks have really enjoyed that process of taking apart their bouquets and taking out the ones that are spent and recreating their bouquets and then at the end of it they have an everlasting bouquet because they've collected all those dried flowers that I've incorporated in the arrangements so there you go a little something to add to your bouquets and to share with your customers about just again creating this experience with your flowers sorry squirrel going back to the mums so will i dig up some plants this fall before we get a super hard frost Yes, because I'm finally learning which heirloom chrysanthemums I absolutely love. So I'm going to put those mother plants in a pot, let them go dormant, probably in my garage, and then bring them out to take cuttings off of them. And then go through the process again of replanting the cuttings in the spring, making sure I make my metal cages. Because most of this season I found they grew beautifully, they stayed straight. But I get this eastern wind in late summer and early fall, and it just wants to knock everything to the west. <laughs> and So I still have usable stems, but they're just a little crooked. But that's okay. I can make them work in anything. <laughs> if you're selling wholesale, I think that's a different story. Because unfortunately, everybody wants this perfectly straight 18-inch stem where If you're doing your own floristry, you can use those crooked stems or those short stems. I think that's the beauty of being your own farmer florist is we'll make use of everything. And I will tell you what, I have made use of everything. I'll tell you what. I've got that seven foot tall amaranth plant out in one of my gardens and it has started to create side shoots that are not going to get to a stem length that I can use in say a hand tied bouquet. But you know what? I've been taking those little tiny side shoots and I've been cutting them off and I've been drying them and using them on my mini pumpkins. So don't discount those short stems because you can reuse them for different things all the things there's so many things that you can do with the shorter stems whether it's drying or some other type of project so I just always have the mentality of how can I use this plant to its maximum potential so that is my experience with the mums and there are greater experts out there and if you're listening in to the podcast and you are said expert and would like to join us for a conversation or you know somebody who is said expert, send me their name and I will see if they would be interested in joining the podcast. And I know that we've got a lot of new flower farmers listening in, and I just want to say welcome. I also want to just throw out this reminder that I started this podcast because I too would sit out in the field and listen in to other media forums and just felt that I wasn't relating to some of the content. I wanted to hear from people like myself, and that's why I started the podcast, is to not only share my experience, but also invite other flower farmers to the conversation to just be a community that we could rely on. So my family has been farming for multiple generations and what I loved most about just growing up in the community of farmers was the willingness to help each other out. My dad wasn't the only potato farmer. He was amongst many potato farmers but they were always willing to help each other out. If they experienced a problem they would lean into each other's knowledge and they would help each other out and Oftentimes, I feel that you either have to buy into a subscription or you have to pay for said knowledge. And I really want to continue with this podcast. I'm doing this out of the kindness of my heart. I want knowledge to be shared amongst our community. So if you do want to support this endeavor that I'm on and help me cover the cost and you value my time, the details are in the show notes. But this will always be a resource, a community. Community that I'm hoping to build so that fire farmers feel like they have a safe place to land and to at least hear some advice or just feel like they could relate to somebody so anyways I digress if you are a new flower farmer welcome I just welcome you to our community but I have been getting a lot of questions about people this is their first year they've got all the questions and one question I did get was just about what I'm doing with my seeds and starting my seeds am I utilizing a greenhouse and I am here to say it does not need to be all that complicated folks I have some racks that are sitting up in my bonus room and that's my grow space. I don't have a greenhouse. I don't have a high tunnel. I have learned by my own experience. I really got encouraged by those in the flower farming world who were doing soil blocking and fell head over heels for soil blocking. Sustainability is a core pillar of mine. I try to reuse everything. I try to be conscientious about what I'm doing and the materials I'm using and try to make as little of an impact on the environment as I can as a farmer I feel very passionate about this topic and so soil blocking I'm not using all of the plastic trays I am reusing the supplies that I do have so I've invested in reusable cafeteria trays I'm already challenged as it is of storing jars and all the other flower stuff. I don't need more stuff. I want to try to minimize the stuff that I have. And soil blocking allows me to do just that. Number one, it's very eco friendly. Number 2, it allows me to grow so many flowers in a tiny space. Is it all about timing? Absolutely. So you're going to have to do some research on soil blocking, and there's I'm just going to redirect you to YouTube. The college of YouTube has so many great resources on not only soil blocking recipes, how to do it, the tools. It's been such an amazing asset to my growing operation. As I mentioned, use cafeteria trays. And I'm able to reuse them year after year after year. But I oftentimes can fit 250 cells on that cafeteria tray. And it's all about timing. You know, your plants don't really want to sit in your soil block. So you got to really know each one of those flowers or foliages that you're trying to raise. Know when the appropriate time is to start it. My best advice regarding soil block is do not start things too soon unless you want to continue to bump up your flowers and your foliage plants but don't start things too soon it's all about getting them germinated get their true leaves on and then into the ground they go but I have found so much success with soil blocks number one I am maximizing that rack space to its fullest potential I only have so many heat mats and so I need to time what flowers I'm starting and when so that I'm utilizing that heat mat but when they can be moved off the heat mat I'm moving them to my other racks also I start with a lot of cool flowers I'm able to put them inside under the right conditions and then I'm able to transition them outside under a covered space my patio and get them hardened off for when I can plant them in early spring and so it's really Just about the timing of moving your flowers through that production line. But that's how I start them, is on some racks in my house ideally I want to build a grow space within my flower workshop but eventually I'll get there but for the last four years I have been starting hundreds thousands at this point I don't know even know the exact number of flowers on just a few racks that I'm constantly moving those plants in and out of so also just going to redirect you back to my Instagram because I really make it my goal to share with my customers as much of my process as possible because they're interested and they get excited about it. Just even in the wintertime, you may think that your content is over, but I am here to tell you it is not over. This is all about experience. Your customers are able to see you start that seed, have it grow into a seedling, and then it's becoming a bouquet. And you can really utilize the tools that are free to you, like Instagram Reels, to show that process from start to finish so they have an appreciation for what it took to get there but then also they're really vested in your product. That's my little side note on the seed starting. I'm just now starting to try to clean up the area from this last season and just get it all transitioned into my flower shop. And that's just another thing on the list. The process of cleaning up and reorganizing yourself, especially at this time of the season when you're really tired, but it will help you to start to plan for the next season to come this is just my experience there's probably a thousand other experiences out there with their own spin and their own variation so if anything I hope it's at least a little bit helpful and you can draw some inspiration from it it can start get your wheels turning around just marketing in general starting to think about the next season and like I always said just get out there give it a go experiment with your space the flowers that you're growing and start building these connections with your customers and you're going to learn from the whole thing well friends I hope you're doing well and take care and we will chat again soon well that wraps up this episode thank you so much for joining in to the conversation and together All boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.